I really like the wordage that this doctor is using. I mean, I think she could have used the word brain set instead of mindset, but then again, uh, I think that was just the title. I didn't hear her actually say that. I don't think so. That's all right. I mean, people wouldn't understand what you were talking about if you said brain set, right? So we use the improper term mindset. But I like the word appreciate and the context that she's using it in. She also uses the term fragility in, uh, in a wonderful context. And the message she's getting across is the same that we have in our Wing Chun, which is to fight from within. And the power of actively seeing what is going on and how not just the brain, but the body wants to know stuff. And the body informs the brain. It's also interesting how this EQ, IQ, and neuroplasticity all ties in to one another. IQ, we cannot change. EQ, emotional intelligence, we can develop and change. Now, I'm not quite sure you can get smarter, but I think the term that we're looking for and that I didn't hear is functional. I think emotional intelligence can allow for greater function. We all know really smart people, right? Super high IQs, but completely dysfunctional. So IQ doesn't measure function, just intelligence potential. So it's emotional intelligence that allows us to be functional. And then neuroplasticity allows us to develop skills that are not innate. I think this is fascinating. I hope you enjoy the segment. If you're on Anchor, you'll hear it. If you're not listening on Anchor, you won't hear the segment, but you've gotten a clue, right? Integrity Radio. Brain hygiene and body posture is the key to greater functionality. I want to talk a little about giving advice. You know, you can give advice to a strong person that would not befit a weak person and vice versa. You can't give advice to a weak person that belongs to a strong person. So right away, we should understand to be dualistic in our advice and also in our perspective. In martial arts, there's two forms of martial arts. I don't know if they're very well understood. There's the martial art that is taught in order to defend royalty or the king or whoever. So martial, military, it's really what martial art is known for. And then there is Gong Fu, which is more concerned with self-development. That's why I don't really like including Gong Fu into martial arts. One martial art will have you uh, focusing on your best side. You know, if you're right-handed, then they would have you perform your techniques strong side. I mean, sure, you'll develop the other side, but when it's time to go to battle or if it's sports and it's time to compete, you really work your strong side. 
Now, individualistically speaking, this becomes problematic over time. Now, Gung Fu, which is a different approach, and like I said, I don't even like calling it a martial art, focuses on um, self-improvement, self-correction, balancing yourself. Now, you see this in Western-style exercise. Western-style exercise is horrible for the body after, you know, over time. That's why eventually you see people migrating as they get older and more broken, migrating over to Tai Chi or yoga or some sort of... Uh... And so anyway, back to the advice thing. When I'm listening to Anchor and listening to people dish out advice, I often ask, is this advice for a weak person or for a strong person? Is this advice for a self-sufficient person? Is this advice for a leader or is this advice for a follower? Now we have the issue of trying to figure out who is really the leader and who is the follower because this has been abstracted and convoluted beyond recognition. I have to say a lot of the advice I hear is advice for the weak, advice for the followers. Hey, and don't get me wrong, we can't have too many chiefs, right? Too many chiefs, not enough Indians. The problem, of course, we have now is we need leaders in leadership roles. That's not what's going on right now. We have puppets. We have fakers. We have actors. We have sports figures. We have politicians. Or shall we call them politicians? Now, we all, of course, want people to take control and to, to lead. This is where truth and honesty and self-truth, self-honesty comes into play. Are you really a leader? Or are you a follower? Whichever one you are, do it well. Be a good follower. Be a good leader. Hey everybody, Z here. With the kids in school, I'm now able to take on a project. And uh, the project I've taken on is of musical nature. Now, I have to watch my psychology here because if I call it a project, then, uh, I don't know, I think of projects as something that goes on forever. <laughs> so I have to actually call this a job. And it's a true-to-life job. When it's accomplished, I will get paid. But this job is quite a project. It's one where I get to play engineer, producer, uh, artist, writer. And whereas in the past, this might be an untenable thing and produce a, uh, an undesirable product, I think we're in an era where that can be done. I will even be taking on the art, the visual art of this project. Uh, I mean, job. <laughs> okay, I'm going to approach, or I am approaching, this job in an artistic manner. And actually, I don't think that's an issue. I don't think I have to put any effort towards that. What I do have to put a lot of effort towards is the technical end of things. Production and songwriting but mostly the technical and the things. And of course, putting it all together into a cohesive package product. 
Okay, so the first goal is I have to write a, a an album's worth of music and record it and master it in the next three months. So the first question is, is that feasible? If any of you out there do music production, uh, let me know what you think about that. Three months to do an album. Now understand, I'm playing all the instruments and doing all the production and engineer work. The time allotment that I have is three to six hours a day, five to six days a week. So I think I will use two-thirds of that time, that is the next two months, of trying to approach this with as much artistic integrity as we can. However, if I don't have a song by the end of October, then I immediately have to go into forced production mode. And what that means is instead of doing something new and creative, doing what I know how to do. And this is where we have the right to call it a job. But it's an exciting job nonetheless. I feel like I've been spending the past week just kind of appropriating things, you know, getting the things that aren't associated with the project kind of squared away and whatnot. So uh, now I'm in this strange little funk before the groove. But hey, a game plan is going to be necessary. It's going to be vital because it's going to be so easy to get sidetracked. Every day I have to practice on each of the instruments, so I have to be very strict in that practice. But not so strict that if a song idea comes up, that I don't pursue that. And then being disciplined enough to wear the right hat at the right time, right? Being in the engineer frame of mind as opposed to the musician frame of mind. Well, I can really call them frame of brains because they're two different parts of the brain that are utilized in order to uh, accomplish those tasks. So being able to switch brain function, man, that's the challenge. All right, well, I'm going to go listen to a song off the Victrola and then get on it. Thanks for listening. Integrity Radio. Z here. I really like the topic and your segment on goals versus path. And there's an interesting duality going on here. Think about in terms of leaders and followers, or in terms of slaves and masters. And what I want to ask you is, if we were to take your perspective as advice, would you be giving this advice to the strong or to the weak? To the masters or to the slaves? I only have a minute here, so if you want to hear what I have to say about this, you could go check out the segment that I just did. Zeitgeist, to give the information, the same information to the weak and give the same information to the strong, or to give the same information to the slave that you would give to the master, is not reasonable. And in fact, I think you could agree that 
thinking progressively, futuristically speaking, we want to get rid of the whole paradigm of slave-master altogether, of course. But this is going to take a complete rejection of the old paradigm to begin with. In Chinese philosophy, we call it Wu Wei, the art of doing, achieving, without trying. But we really got to watch out. We don't get too philosophical here. Again, we have psychology now, cognitive psychology, neuroscience, neuroplasticity. So we really can stop philosophizing and start looking at the psychology and what it's telling us about our behavior and then start shifting our paradigm, a conscious and global consciousness, if you will. I would argue if you're going to give pragmatic advice to the weak and pragmatic advice to the strong that that advice would be tailored. I mean, I would have to accept the premise that people were worthy of following whatever path. You could argue that a, a lot of paths need not be followed. Nature doesn't create us all as wholes, functional human beings with all morals intact. With America in a state of retardation, how would you advise these people to follow a path without processing the emotion from the initial experience and allowing it to process through reason and logic? How do you then allow that person or rather advise that person to, oh, just choose a path? We need less action, less absorption of resources, not more. So again, if you're giving advice for the here and now, I don't think it's very reasonable to say everyone, yes, all of you, slave and master alike, choose your path. It, it doesn't get, you're not giving any information there. Now, big picture, futuristic, zeitgeist, okay, sure. And you still haven't really addressed the population problem. So we're going to have, what, six, seven, eight, nine million, billion people, rather, nine billion people all walking their own individual paths? Really? This seems rather naive. Well, thank you, Zeitgeist, for replying and for this discussion. And I always look forward to your retort. Integrity Radio. The mood of today's zeitgeist is that of embracing the change, the paradigm change. Embracing skepticism, shrugging off the old biases, throwing away all these needless philosophies. But this is a challenging view for us, living in the now, living in the world now. Not that it we're not living in the world as we would like it to be, as we foresee it to be. Of knowing how things are, knowing how things are changing, knowing how things are to be, and living in a world that is not that yet. Here's the irony. Not only is the world that we envision 
be really hard to even feasibly imagine. The future is not for us. The future will be unrecognizable, would be unlivable to us. And to somehow sort of frame it like slavery is unnatural. Well, it's a wonderfully moralistic sentiment, but it's just not reality. And in fact, reality will probably not anytime soon, within a few generations or lifetimes, change, or even the new paradigm may not even be free of slavery. In fact, I'm not quite sure any point of human history we were free of slavery. There's always some form, manifestation of slavery. I don't see any use in referring to old paradigms. The old paradigm of the duality. The old paradigm of Eastern and Western philosophies. Hell, even the uh, paradigm of abstract and realism. I mean, if you're really educated on this stuff, then you really understand it on a different level. You couldn't possibly expound it. Right, all things become abstract in the uh, macro and micro worlds. So the zeitgeister mood of today is a world of great objectivity. Thanks to technology and the information age. You don't ever have to take anybody's word for it. You can hear the information coming out of my mouth and say, Huh, I wonder if that's true or not. And you can look it up. Pay attention to people like Michael Shermer, Richard Dawkins, Ed Harris, James Randi, the late Christopher Hitchens. Listen to all the great scientists in their fields, the neurologists, the astrophysicists. These are people that are ushering in the new paradigm. These are the people that are turning their backs on ancient old biases, superstitions, and bad behaviors. Now, we're not in the clear. We've, we've all got a lot of work to do. I think the work we're doing on Anchor here is critical. I wish more people would do it. Kind of just trying to keep each other in check. Keep each other's language focused. We all want the same damn thing, regardless of what we believe. We all want a good life for ourselves and for our communities, for our children. And the win-lose paradigm is it's, it's going. It's on its way out. We are full steam ahead on a win-win paradigm. Now, that would be mind-blowing if we actually got to see it in our lifetime, but that's not going to happen in our lifetime. We're just pushing the ball in that direction. We're just paying it forward to humanity. I don't feel we need to be walking all these separate paths and discovering ourselves. We've had enough of that. We need to develop and grow as a symbiosis. And before anyone can do anything, before they take a step, they need to meditate and develop structure, unique perspective, integrity. Radio. Did I say Ed? I said Ed Harris. I meant Sam Harris. Sam Harris. Man, it's getting late. <laughs> All right. Integrity Radio.